You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately, and I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Welcome to OKSIS. We are two cultural observers and curious minds who happen to be related. I'm Scout. And I'm Maddie. Get ready for some serious sororal energy as we chat about and comment on one another's current fixation of the week. Ready, ready sisters? sisters? Welcome back to OK Sis. My name is Maddie. I'm Scout. We are Sisters IRL, but I have a question for you. Or I have something to share. Ooh, content right off the bat. There's always gonna be another mountain. I'm always gonna wanna make it move. Always gonna be an uphill battle. Sometimes I'm gonna have to lose. Ain't about what's, how fast I get there. Ain't about what's waiting on the other side. It's the clown. <laughs> oh, oh no. Okay, so uh, one completely off key and um, dude i'm not a singer in the wrong octave completely i'm so. really proud of you you moved the mic away from your mouth when I, you got loud i'm always thinking about our listeners no I'm, you're not not I'm, with your octave levels you I'm are always listen like i'm always thinking about them and their uh earbuds their, their ear health jesus christ <laughs> um actually we can sing now because we're in the same room whereas yeah. um zoom is not conducive to so singing and I harmonizing was, so i just got a dm in my in my instagram about someone who's you know really struggling with mental health and as i was reading the dm i was walking into cbs and i got a bunch of stuff at cbs and then i went to pay and that song was on and i was like fuck yeah universe the climb so i listened to the climb three times in a row on the way back to our airbnb in palm springs you know, Miley Cyrus is a true artiste. I mean, yeah. Actually, sorry. Let me take that back. Hannah Montana no. is a true artiste. No. And that movie and song will never not be iconic. It's su- It has such a good message. Like, I actually cried a little bit in the car listening to it because I was like, yes. Oh, God. 
I mean, I'm scout an emotional, crying to the climb. I'm an emotional person. Yeah, we've, we're aware. <laughs> we're aware. <laughs> you know what song that I've been singing what? left and right? What? Make it drop. That's a whap. That's oh, a whap. Oh, my God. I swear to God. Get a bucket oh. and a mop. Oh, God. That's a whap. That I'm, is so, so disgusting. On, on, I'm cringing in my On in my TikTok, there's insides. a lyrical whap version, and it is just, it is everything I needed. I, uh, <laughs> anyways. Um, I know Scout um, is afraid of the word pussy. Blah. I'm. It feels like you're anti-feminist if you cannot say the word pussy. Like that's what about not the pussy true. Hat? Pussy power to the pussy. You can't say any of those things. Like what? Why are you? It's like some people can't say the word moist. I can't say the p word. It just the freaks me out. It freaks me out. Are you five years old? You're like a little kid. Yeah. No. The p word. I don't know. I'm not. I like all words. All like I'm. I'm down with. Vulgar shit, but that word just gets me every time. Well, you know, this is the only way that Cardi B and Meg Thee Stallion know how to uh, express themselves, and they can do and so. But I'd prefer to not yes, but sing let's, along. Let's not yuck other people's yums. Okay, we we can yuck whosoever yums we want. I'm just saying it's not for me. But do you like the message? Of course. Great. Of course, vagina message. Woo. Wet ass vagina. <laughs> oh my god. I don't like the word W A V. Just like I understand that vaginas get wet, but like it just I don't know what it is. It's like I would prefer to like ugh, it just freaks me out. Anyways, um, if you are new to OK Says Podcast, this is us. We are sisters IRL. Scout over here is the older one. Mads is the younger one by three years. And we are currently in not, a... Not an episode goes by when you don't remind Well, I think people should your, understand the dynamic. Oh, wow. That, that The chair, they forgot to take the tag off. Okay. Yeah. We are at an Airbnb right now in Palm Springs for focus. a little... Let's focus. Well, I just... That's kind of weird. We're at an Airbnb in Palm Springs with our mother's side of the family in this gorgeous, like, 4,000 square foot mid-century modern house, which is basically me and my husband's wet dream. Hey, yo. My best friend's rich check. Okay, um, there's like 12 of us, so we need this big of a house. Scout does not know anything. I know, it's a TikTok because you did li- little sister check and you poked me in the eye. Oh, yeah. Like actually oh, in good the eye. Oh, memory. how could I forget getting <laughs> aggressively poked in the eye on At TikTok? At least I wasn't poking in your pussy. Oh, you've done that too, okay? You humped me yesterday. You tried to punch me in the vagina. I mean. Just say it. Just say punched in the pussy. Just say it once. Punched in the pussy. <laughs> I can't. I just can't. I, I feel weird about myself and we're going to move on. Um, so anyways, we are here in Palm Springs for a little vacation since COVID. We can't really travel. We're not down to be on the plane. And there's 12 of us. We all got tested beforehand. Yeah. And we're all, he- we're all here and we're just staying in the Airbnb in the pool. It's, it's lovely. It's hot AF outside for sure. But you know what? It's just gorgeous. Palm. There's something about Palm Springs. I mean, little je ne sais quoi. I could have told you that Palm Springs is my favorite place to be. I know. It's great. We're, we're in the area where we're right next to the big mountain. Oh, so it looks like that so picturesque. Nice. With like the palm trees. Yeah. It's so great. And so I got Very married peaceful. here. So ever since Wait, then. You did. I do not say that that much on the podcast. Um, I got married at the Parker. Okay, let's just wait till you get married. You are going to be the most annoying, so don't even. I don't deny it. I'm going to be bridezilla for sure. I'm just going to walk away. Like, I'm worried about being the maid of honor. I might, like, give someone else the duties. Like, I'm not sure. Are you kidding me? Okay, what did you do as a maid of honor for my wedding? I 
through you. Looked really the hot. Most you looked really hot. You looked really hot. Santa Barbara bachelorette party. That I literally told you exactly what to do. Yeah, because if you didn't tell me what to do, then you would have been mad. Yeah, and then you showed up to my wedding looking super fucking hot. Yeah, like I a did look bitch. really good. Well, sorry. I'm going to look so good for your wedding. Anyways. Um, you just have us today, which is really exciting. So we haven't done this. Solo. Solo. I keep telling Mads I want to do solo. Ratted solo. Jason Derulo. Oh, Jason Derulo. Wow, this is the most unhit. This is like just my brain being like mushed up. Oh my God, we're pimple twins. We both have pimples on our ch- on our chins today. <laughs> You're looking at me like you want to kill me. Scout. Like what our brain? Like what is this intro? Like, um, it I is just had off a coffee, rails. so I'm stoked on life. And we're drinking wine. It's just like a whole vibe. Yeah. So and apparently any, we're breaking out. Anyways, yeah, we are. We haven't done a solo episode since quarantine hit, and I've been trying to get Mads to do them. And she's like, "What do we have to talk about?" I'm like, "There's a lot." So I'm happy we're hopping on. We're gonna do a little Q and A. Um, we got some questions from the sisterhood, but first let's do some housekeeping. Um, oh yeah, we also have to do current fixations. Remember that? Remember that? Oh yes. Didn't think of mine. We'll think of mine soon. Okay. <laughs> housekeeping. I, oh, I I have a I have a running tab of current fixations that are just forever in my brain rotating yes, yes this is how i this is how i live i'm just like current fixation it up current all the fixation time fixation it up so for housekeeping sisters if you like okay says the best thing you can do is text your favorite episode to a friend of yours um to spread the love and the word you can also rate review subscribe Woo! Woo! uh your reviews seriously genuinely mean the world to us we really appreciate them and we also have a secret facebook group okay sisters uh, that's popping off. Girls are posting left and right. It's like my favorite place on the internet. And we also have a newsletter that comes out every Monday and you can sign up for the newsletter, join the Facebook group, find us on Instagram at OKSIS podcast, all in the link in the show notes. Do it. Do it. Um, okay. Current fixation. You know what? I'm feeling a little feisty. I'm gonna let you go first. Is that cause you don't know what you're going to no, say? No, I do. I do know what mine is. <laughs> okay. Oh, Wow, what a treat, what a treat. Uh, my current fixation is this girl group, girl band called The Aces. They have this spectacular, I mean, I love all their music, but they have this one song that I just am playing on repeat. It's called Daydream. And it goes, daydream about me. And I wanna, 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 nah, baby, I feel it too. No, you know, you know, I'm gonna back to you. Sounds like Haim. It, so, wow, just for me singing it? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I was just going to say they are like a Heim wannabe. Sorry, okay. not wannabe. They are in their Heim-esque. own. Heim-esque. Heim-esque. They are Heim-esque. Um, they're four Heim-esque. You're Maggie Rogers. Brett. Oh, well, Brett she, is the fourth Heim sister. She's literally the fourth Heim sister. I know. Literally, there was a, um, a guy DM'd her and was like, I don't know if you've been told this before, but you look like the fourth Heim sister. She's like, oh, my God. It, wow. Like, thank you for letting me know. Like, I've never heard that. She, I mean, we think we should get them together. Only, not even that. They both grew up in Encino. They're like Look, valley. If, what horse. if one of them is sick? I feel like Brett could go on and be an, and just an, an understudy and just sure. like dance weird. We got her a, a shirt that says fourth time sister. That's cute. Yeah. Anyways, um, so the Aces, great new up and coming burgeoning b- band. And they are just, they're so rad. We have to, we actually should get some of that. I mean, there's four of them. We never had four guests on the pod, but we should get them on the pod because they're going to be like the next Maggie Rogers. I can feel it in my bones and just such good summer vibes, such a good band. They're like badass women. Okay. Well, you email them, girl. You email them. I will email their publicist. We're going to get them on the pod. 
awesome. And that's my current fixation. So my current fixation, it's like, it's kind of two, but I want to dedicate half of it as an actual current fixation later on in the game. So I found this out or I, I stumbled upon this idea from Lacey Phillips, who is a manifestation expert and the host of Expanded Podcast. Uh, she runs the Instagram account to be magnetic and she's just incredible, incredible. And one of her philosophies is that you should surround yourself with expanders and an expander is essentially someone who has achieved an aspect in their life that you want to achieve um, so that your brain can physically see that it's possible right so that instead of being like oh I can't do that is that even possible your brain actually has proof evidence that something like that is possible in this world and so I she mentioned really casually really quickly she doesn't really promote it that much that she has a separate Instagram account where she just follows her expanders. And so her feed is completely curated by just her expanders. And we talk a lot about curating our feed, but there's also like an element of our Instagram that's personal. So we have all of our friends and all of these and like, you know, clothing brands and it's not super specific. So I created another Instagram account. It's not, I don't post on it, nothing like that. It's just to follow people that I admire, um, brands I admire with their imagery and the aesthetic um, and stuff like that. So that when I really want to hone in on the content I consume, I can just go to this Instagram and scroll through and everything will be super in line with my highest desires and inspirations. I love that. Isn't that such a great idea? That's such a great idea. But the thought of making a new Instagram account gives me the utmost of anxiety. No, but you don't do anything. I understand. But even just to have another, I have so many fucking accounts. Yeah, but I just, when I, I, I'm starting, I'm still populating it with, I want to follow like 25 people. I want to keep it small. So it's not overwhelming. I have eight that I'm following so far. And what I want to do is I want to keep it on that one. So when I'm scrolling mindlessly, it'll always be on my expander account because that way I can really be intentional with the content that I consume. Mm, We got to be intentional with that content. Yeah. Isn't that a good one? That is a great current fixation. I might implement that into my daily routine. Yeah. It's a really good one. It's it's a, it's a, it's a good one. Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be talking about Whimsy and Row, right? Whimsy and Row is an LA-grown, eco-conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes, and Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute. I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring summer collection and we will be living in it all summer long. 
visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie, like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans, and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once, the white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless designs. You can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Um, anyways, very exciting. Q&A. Oh, Q&A, right. This is the point of the episode. <laughs> I was like, uh. And we're done with the podcast. No. Um, okay. So we asked on our Instagram, on our secret Facebook group, for some questions that you ladies had for us. And we have compiled them here. Um, And so we're just going to go through as many as we can get to. So let's start with a fun one. Let's start with, where did it go? Oh, here it is. What have you guys been cooking or baking in quarantine? So um, I am not fond of the kitchen. I am not a cook. I have no patience and um, the idea of it is is very alluring to me, but um, I'm not I'm not a cook. That being said, I have been making this one thing that my father taught me. Enlightened us. Popcorn. Oh, yeah. I've been making my own popcorn on the stove with uh, with uh, avocado oil. Fabulous. Mm. I mean, just just divine, you mm. know, one cost effective two it feels like an accomplishment you're not just throwing it in the microwave this is something you care for you pay attention to and that is and it's so healthy because it's just hot avocado oil and then i put some himalayan pink sea salt and we have a popcorn party i love it I, in the beginning of quarantine, my husband was cooking for me because he wasn't able to go to work and his work is in person and I was still working remotely. So he was the cook and he's an incredible cook. It's a joke. Um, But now he's back to work. So I've been. It's not a joke. It's. Oh, okay. 
Um, it's serious. Um, so I started making all of our dinners now, but I've been really getting into my lunch. So right now I make an amazing kale shrimp salad. So it's kale, olive oil, a lot of salt, Himalayan salt, um, pepper, onion, avocado, pine nuts, and shrimp. And I like toss it all together. And it's, oh, and some uh, lemon juice. I squeeze I, wait, half wait, a lemon. Wait, I have another, oh my God, I, for, I can't believe I didn't say this. I've been eating this every day. Um, I got this from a TikTok recipe mm-hmm. and it is just the perfect summer salad. I think you would actually really enjoy it based on uh, that salad that you just described. It is cut up cherry tomatoes, mm-hmm. avocado, hearts of palm, mm-hmm. cilantro, salt, and half a lemon. Yeah, that sounds, I've made a version of that, but without the cilantro, that sounds really good. Cilantro is great, and the hearts of palm. Woo! Dude, I, who dude, knew heart, I loved hearts of palm? Oh, no, I've been on the hearts of palm train for years. Whoa. The problem is, it's a little expensive. Really? And it's, I, I want to eat the whole one. can. Like, I buy oh, one yeah. can, and I want to eat the whole can. Yeah, yeah, I finish it in, like, two like, times. Like, I yeah. want all of the hearts of palm in yeah, one can yeah, on my yeah. salad. Yeah. Okay. okay, that was really lovely. Let's move on to the next one. Mads, tell us about living with the boyf. Oh, wow. So, wait, so, if you haven't been listening, Matt just moved in with her boyfriend. Finally. I, I just moved in with my boyfriend. It is such a big step, but honestly feels like the exact right direction that I need to be going in at this point in my life. It was funny because we're on vacation right now, and I look over to him. I'm like, when when we go home tomorrow, we're we're going home to the home, same place. Like, I don't know what about that is just like I love saying that over and over. I'm just like. We're literally going to the same place when you we have, go home. Your home is together. Now. I know. It's wild. I mean, we're definitely learning. Home is a dif- place where uh, I There's like a lot you. of singing on this episode. Well, I'm feeling jolly. Yeah. Well, we could see that. Um, you know, there's definitely a lot of quirks and things that we're going to have to um, iron out. And we're still very much in a place of limbo because not of all, all of our furniture is there. And um, it just kind of feels just not complete which everyone knows is something that I struggle with I like to be in control and have everything done at once so that's been uh something internally that I have been trying to accept and come come to terms with and come to peace with um but the couch should be here next week so that'll really tie everything in together that's like the biggest piece of furniture we're waiting on and um as I mentioned in the previous podcast the style inspo is if Jenny Kane came and threw up all over my apartment um, that is, that's the vibe we're going for. I love it. I'm so happy. It makes me so happy that you guys are moving in together. It's such a really beautiful next step. It's yeah. so great. It's so and great. it's just, there's so many, there's just like little moments that you would have never had otherwise. Like we're working obviously in separate rooms, but then like if he comes out to have a drink of water, like we get to hug and mm-hmm. like do little kisses. And it's just like, that would never have had, like you can't do that. We do little kisses. You, you know, we do the kisses. We do the kisses. And it's just like these little intimacy moments that you probably would not have had if you, I mean, just definitely would not have had if you don't live together yeah so um it's also just so much easier like when you go to a party you take the same car and you you know what I mean it's yeah, like everything is together all the transportations together. together everything's together everything's together and um you know it's just it's I think the biggest challenge for sure has been blending all of the things and like blending all the space we don't have as much closet space as we had anticipated and we both have a lot of things so it's been a little you should get one of those exposed clothing racks and put it in the office well we're gonna put uh we got a dresser because we're just gonna put more stuff there and um it's just like organizing things making sure that we both feel like Mm -hmm. it's part of our space but also like 
being respectful of the other's, you know, cleanliness or whatever. So that's kind of things that we never had to think about before um, that have come come to the surface. But overall, it's net positive, I would say. Net positive. Glad to hear it. Okay, so let's talk. These next two questions are um, more about our relationship. Um, one of our sisters asked, what was your relationship like when you were teenagers? Are you closer then or are you closer now? Definitely closer now. Yeah, uh, given, definitely closer now. Given the podcast and how much we talk. Um, if you ever want to grow closer with your sister, uh, make a podcast with her. Yeah. So in, when we were teenagers. So let's, what age is that? So like when I was in high school? Let's say you were in ninth grade and I was a senior in high school. So Scow and I didn't go to the same high school because I... We both went to the same school up until I went to high school. And then yeah, she, she stayed, stayed at that stayed, school. Yeah. It was a private Jewish school in San Diego. And then I went to a public school in Coronado, which was uh, focused on performing arts. So mm-hmm. that's why I moved to high schools. Because if you don't know, I was a performer. And um, that is why I wanted to go to a different school for it. So um, we didn't have we, we didn't have like the same like we didn't see each other on a daily basis in for that year of high school but I would say when we were younger our relationship was good like it wasn't super close it wasn't negative like mm-hmm. I don't I think it probably grew apart a little bit uh, because of your diagnosis and then the divorce I think a lot happened to me behaviorally mm-hmm. I became a lot more introspective and remove and I tried to remove myself from a lot of situations because I didn't want to deal with them and I became numb to them so I think during high school and specifically um all of that happened at once well I was also gone for most of your high school experience like three years apart when you're younger is a pretty big gap for sure so there wasn't there was always admiration and love between the two of us but there wasn't like this we weren't f- so we weren't like friends yeah so much. and then I although mom and dad did make me drive you to all of your fucking singing lessons and I would sit outside for an hour and wait till you were done and there was it, no Instagram at that time and it was terrible I know dude what did we do to pass the time well I mean, we had we MySpace, MySpace and, and we Facebook. had AIM AIM there believe me there was plenty yeah there was plenty no but I think like in middle let's let's like move back a little timeline so like in middle school mm-hmm. I remember us bonding a lot on our car rides to school. Oh, yeah. We used to listen to. No, you were Tell me how I was supposed to breathe with no air. No, that's not what we listened to. What we listen. You were so emo. We would listen to MGMT. That's not emo. But we would like. We would like listen to MGMT. And then we would listen to. um, Oh, God. What's a really big rapper? He's like. Keek to sneak. No. Oh, oh, um, Andre Nicotina. Yes. <laughs> what? Literally, Ayo I was like. Ayo for yo. What go wrong with yo? All in my name. That's, that song is about coke. Yeah. That's how, that song is about coke. Literally, I, I wrapped it for mom and dad when I was in ninth grade. And mom's like, oh my God, good job, honey. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, we would, you would play these songs. And it was just like you and your emo friends. And they would. No, my friends weren't emo. That was the problem. It's like, it was really just me. I don't know what you guys were listening to. But it was so, like, it was like indie. But then, like, underground rap. It was so interesting and eclectic. And then I just, like, was just, you know, absorbing it as my 11-year-old See, self. I think as the older sister, the younger sister, I think, looks up to the older sister. Yeah. So I think you remembered a lot more about what I was like versus I remembering a lot more about what you were like, if that makes sense. Yeah, you were. And then I remember you wrote, you, you know, um, uh, wrote poetry a lot. Um, 
Oh my god, that was one of my. Th- but if you, you guys haven't looked, to love going to coffee shops together. I was just gonna say we skipped school a lot and we went to the. Coffee I would shops. always say, "Hey, yo, you want to skip first period?" And I would and take go you to a coffee again. shop. Yeah, and we would get panicked and go back and just like tell the, per- the front desk lady, be like, "Hey, just like let us let us in." We would bring her a chai. Yeah, and then oh, those chais were the best. So, anyways, yeah, we were. It's not that anything was wrong when we were teenagers. It's just definitely not the level that we are today. We got. And even before we started the podcast, I think that we were still not super close. Like, we would go, like, a week and a half without talking. Yeah. Which is wild to me. I know. And now it's, like, every hour. Yeah. You you have to, like, kind of calm down. Oh, thanks. Yeah, you don't answer all my text messages. Okay, so kind of... (laughs) Not all of them elicit a response. Some of them are so random, I don't even know what to respond. What are you talking about? (laughs) I I just, like, don't understand. Like, the other time you said that you had a dream about the Jonas Brothers and how they had a new album and then you were crying. And I was like, that feels sad to me because it's not (laughs) true. So why would I respond? Or sad that a 29-year-old is having dreams of the Jonas Brothers are coming out with a new album um okay piggybacking off that what in your opinion i i don't know how i'm gonna answer this but a sister asked what is the worst fight the two of you have ever had oh i would say i don't know probably the like the point where i was most upset with you is which is like super justified we just handled the divorce so differently is how angry you were and mm-hmm. how you would like lash out to mom specifically which i i i know why you you were Um, and it got to a point where it was so hard for me to be in the same room with you and mom that the three of us were supposed to go to Paris and I canceled my, I said, I told mom three days before Paris that I wasn't going because I literally couldn't be around you because you were so angry and so lashing out. That's probably the worst it ever got for me. Oh yeah, I was. I canceled Paris. Did you like, that was my dream my whole life. Canceled it three days before. Have you ever been to Paris? Yes. We went together. Oh yeah, we went together. (laughs) Later and you kicked me Uh, out of the bathroom when I was going to throw up. Really? Yeah. I was, (laughs) I I was like, I was like, can you please move? I I think I'm going to puke. And you're like, that's disgusting. And you wouldn't move. (laughs) I was like, excuse me. So anyways, that was probably like the worst. It wasn't a fight, but it was the worst point, I think, of our French, of our like relationship. You didn't really miss much in Paris because um, you were probably a huge bitch the whole time. I was a huge bitch and I got I, I had my first hangover. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And it was debilitating. I threw up in the Louvre. I mean, oh, who can say so that good. they threw up in the Louvre? So good. I vomited in the fucking Louvre. I okay, mean, what's the worst? all over Mona Lisa's face. <laughs> no, <I'm joking. laughs> what's the worst fight you think we've ever gotten into? I, I honestly can't remember. We don't really have fights. I, yeah, it's, it must have been during the divorce time. I mean, I know I was like a little raging bitch and a hormonal teenager, and I was just like, oh, and God. And when we, when we do pain. fight, it's like literally two minutes. Like, we scream at each other, and then we move on. Yeah. And it, yeah. Yeah, it's really not. I, I would more get into fights with my parents about how they raised you because they let you do so much shit they didn't let me do. So I was really pissed. Oh, for sure. For yeah. sure. So that was annoying. Okay. How about how, let's do some career stuff. Uh, a sister asked, how did you both get into your careers? So my career trajectory is super fucking long and it is not traditional whatsoever. I went to four different colleges and then I dropped out. I never graduated and I kind of have had like a weird entrepreneurial journey. Started with the physical magazine that I produced and then I was brought on to help found a digital media site. From there, I did some blogging. From there, I did... I worked for my mom's startup app for a little bit. From there, we did our podcast. From there, I did Scott's agency. So now I run my own agency. But my career trajectory is like there's nothing that I can say that's like I studied this for this long and then I interned here and then like it grew. It was 
just a bunch of detours, a bunch of pivots, a bunch of different projects all the fucking time until I landed on what I do now. Yeah. It's funny that you say that your path wasn't traditional because I don't consider my path traditional only because... What are you talking about? Only because I... I compare a lot to you went my to college. Co-work, you have co- colleagues. You Co- went to college. You graduated student. with business, okay. and you have worked in startup apps for the last startup tech for the last whatever years. Four years. That so, is very linear. Oh, okay. In my mind, it doesn't feel linear, but that's okay. So, anyways, I I went to USC, study business administration. Um, useless. No I'm joking. <laughs> useless no honestly the only thing that, the best thing that comes out of college is the network and the uh, legitimacy that it gives you and i um worked at a fashion tech startup realized i hated the fashion industry but loved technology so i kind of serendipitously fell into um that realm i then worked for an interior design tech startup which was very fascinating but then it went under and i was the last employee and it was a very emotional and stressful time for me and then I started working for my mom who is creating an interaction based storytelling app which is I've worked there for the past two years then we you know started okay which we worked there was a point where Mads and I both worked for our mom's app and did okay sis at the same time yes and then I um, am now developing my own app in the travel space and that it's strange because like I I remember during USC, like I was always that kid that thought I was supposed to, I I don't know. I fell into the trap of like, you're supposed to go into consulting. You're supposed to go into finance and you like, you pay your dues and then you could do what you want. And I remember one of my friends was like, oh wait, you're not like, you're not applying to these consulting jobs. You're not doing the interviews. And I called you specifically. I remember crying. I'm like, wait, I, I'm too late. I'm not, I'm supposed to be doing this for my career. And and you were like, Mads, you don't want to do finance. I was like, oh, oh, right. Like (laughs) I didn't even realize that I didn't want, like I, I, that's the biggest, I think, lesson of my twenties that I would tell my younger self is like, wait, we're going to get, that's a question later Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Hold it. Hold that thought. You definitely went of like a, a you know everything kind of was in the same industry and it kind of has come you know now you're doing your own app it's been really it's been good um awesome so this question I don't really know if you can answer um but you you can try but just be a little private um what is your biggest complaint about your job yeah eh, I don't think you can say because oh. you work for mom it, my biggest complaint is that I work for my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it. She knows it. I mean, look, it it takes a very specific person to work with family. It's posed so a lot, a lot of issues. Like it's been so, it's been so. Um, in a lot of ways, it's been very positive because it allows me some flexibility. Again, we, like all that we've said about working with sisters and family, like it's very to the point. You're able to say things like, "My mom is my boss," but I also can like do my own thing and like present to her decisions and she'll probably listen to me which gives me a lot of autonomy and um value I can there's a lot of value added in the job that I do because I essentially can do whatever I want and show the results and she trusts me a lot but there a lot of stresses come out with it and you have to be 
very mentally strong and mentally in a good place to work with family. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think that's the biggest complaint just because it is, it's, I guess the biggest complaint is that there really is no boundary. And that's, that's where it gets hard for me. Like I'll go over for Shabbat and she'll start talking to me about business stuff. And I'm like, yo, no, like it's Shabbat. I'm not, we're done. Like no work talk. Like I'll tell her and she'll, she'll be mindful of those boundaries, but it is, you do have to establish those and I usually have to take the initiative to establish them. Yeah. And also it's such a startup, so it's not really corporately, you know, structured. And so there is yeah, like a lot I of report that. to yeah. her. Whereas yeah. in a normal company, I probably wouldn't report to the CEO. Well, so it's I just, mean, you'd probably be high enough up that you would, but it's yeah. just not. Yeah. Um, so my biggest complaint about my job, which is running scouts agency would just be the emotional aspect of managing clients expectations. Um, a lot of times you work with clients that think certain opportunities are easier to get than they are or that they have these really accelerated viewpoints of where they can get in three to six months, which running this podcast, we know, you know, building a career, getting recognition, building an audience does not take three to six months. It takes years unless you go viral. Like, and that's so rare. And so the, my, my, the hardest part about my job is managing expectations while not, hurting people's egos and, and, you know, not, not making them like making sure they're still proud of their accomplishments and knowing I truly believe in them, but also being able to say, Hey, this is a really good outcome. And, or this is not a good outcome. Like I'm always honest with them, but I think people, when you work with clients, there's a lot of times where they sometimes, and this is not most of my clients, this is so rare, but sometimes they think because they pay you, they kind of own your time all the time, but like they don't pay me. I'm not your full-time employee. I, I get to create boundaries on my own when I'm not available to help you. And so that's been a little bit of a seesaw situation that I've been trying to um, navigate, I would say. Okay, let's, since we're talking about career and jobs, this is like really flowing nicely. Let's move into the podcast and the career version of the podcast. So a sister asked, how much money do you make from the podcast? Is it more of a side hustle? Do you, do you want it to be full-time? And where do you get most of your income? So... We get most of our income from our full-time jobs. Mm -hmm. We have been doing this podcast for two years. And I'll say podcasting is not the most financially abundant content creation platform. That being well, it can be if you have the numbers. Well, yeah, but it's also like Instagram. You can make so much more money with a smaller audience, in my opinion. Right. Like the audience has to be so significantly large for you to be able to make something full-time. Um on Instagram, you can have a much smaller audience and make a full-time living. So it's interesting. I just think that, and I think there's something called a CPM, which is the cost per thousand of listeners that you have. That is industry fix, which is $25 per thousand. Well, that's the average is $25, but it can But people scale. are starting to break out of that and starting to understand audience demographics and quality listeners. But we also truthfully honestly have not placed an emphasis or a lot of our time into making money on this podcast we could be making way more money every month on this podcast yeah we just have been so focused on just the content and doing it together and growing the sisterhood it's it and again this we didn't start this to make money which I don't think if you're going into podcasting that should never be the goal honestly yeah. it, it brings you come. so many other benefits yeah it'll come with it but honestly we've done it for two years we are just now signing with an agency that will help us monetize mm-hmm. and move into that space but 
honestly, we're very, very fortunate, obviously, that we have other um, outlets of income. We both have full-time jobs, so this is a side hustle, but it really, it does take up a lot of time. I'm just letting everyone know that going into, going into podcasting takes a lot of time, but it is something that doesn't feel like work. Like, yeah. I remember in the beginning when I was doing stuff for the podcast, like, you had to remind me, like, that it was work. I, I, I don't know, or that it was even a business. Like, I was like, no, this is this is not work. Like, what are you talking about? Like, and this mean, doesn't feel like what I traditionally label as work. But if you really add a, all the hours that we spend on the podcast, it is. It can be. A, uh, it can be, it can be half, 10 plus a week for yeah. the last two years. Yeah. Just to put into. I mean, I think probably 10 plus in the last year because we've added so many brand things. Like I think, these Facebook groups and. Yeah, I think. Live what, events. I think what we would like to get. We're not being aggressive on ads um, only because one, we don't want to disrupt the content and the flow, um, sure. if we don't have to. Yeah. And that is something that I've seen a lot of podcasts get too. they go, they, um, get into it too quickly and it will disrupt it and it will lose their trust if they're not, if they're promoting things that are absolutely nothing that they would use. Mm-hmm. So we will only take on brands that are things that we use, that we, are that are aligned with the Oasis brand that we love, and that is only to things that we will promote. Therefore, we've been a lot more picky with our ads and don't rely on them. Um, yeah, and also I think that ads don't really super excite us, like the process of getting ads and securing and invoicing and rah, rah, rah. like we like reaching out to girls and getting like that's what lights us up when a girl's like, yeah, I'll come on your podcast. We're stoked. So yes, we understand that. Look, our time's going to get even more precious over the next few years as my business continues to grow and your app grows. And so, yeah, it is something we're moving into, but we're going very slowly. I don't see Oasis ever becoming our full time situation just because I think we'll always have something else on the side going on. I can see it. Of course. And I also think a lot more of our time than it is now. I think our goal is to just kind of we've put a lot of money in to the podcast so yeah. I think the goal is to just make get it back yeah make it back and then just like coast from there like Which honestly we've almost, we've almost good there yeah yeah okay that was a really good question I feel like that was very honest and we did a good job okay <laughs> let's talk about relationships um let's start with tell us how you met your significant other Really quickly. Okay. I met my significant other at USC. We were both interns at Hillel, which, LOL, like, how Jewish can you get? Uh, <laughs> um, no, but we were we started off at, as friends and um, then became, like, fuck buddies. And then I graduated and was like, oh, wow, I really like you. And then we started dating. We became exclusive. And then, like, um, as one of his friends said, we went zero to 100 real slow. Uh, because we became boyfriend and girlfriend like a month after we started exclusively dating and then uh, said I love you like a month after that. And then now it's been four and a half years. I love it. I met my husband um, on like the first or second day of ninth grade high school. He was a senior. He came to my high school as a senior, so he was new to the school, and our school was super small, so we always noticed when there was someone new. And I remember very distinctly seeing him across the quad and thinking he was really cute and was hoping that he would want to date me, but knowing that he wouldn't want to because I was three years younger, which is a lot in high school. Um, Long story short, he ended up switching into my study hall to be able to talk to me. We dated a little bit. Um, We we broke up and um, because I was too young and he was also unfortunately walking down a path of alcoholism and addiction. And then we lost touch for a few years, but like I met his parents and everything at that point. And um, 
uh, when his sponsor, after he went to rehab and his sponsor said that he could date again, he hit me up and we've been together for eight years now and married for two and a half. Um, okay, so I'm just going to do this real this question specifically because it kind of just parlays off what I just said. Um, a sister wants us to talk about Scout's husband being sober and Scout still drinking. So this is a really good question. So my husband is over nine years sober at this point, uh, which is absolutely incredible. He um, has been on a really, really significant path to recovery and healing from his addiction and alcoholism. And when we first got together, we had a conversation and I asked him, I said, hey, how do you feel about me drinking? Because I am non-alcoholic. I enjoy alcohol from time to time. I'm not like, I, I rarely get out of control. I'm really like a two drink kind of girl. And you're not like a party girl. Like, I'm not it a would party be girl. different if it was like well, that's, something. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he could date someone who was like, blacking out every weekend but like in our family drinking is very prominent like very prominent. in both sides of the family i'm the least drinker drink. out of everyone exactly now. so he specifically said to me he's like look alcohol kills me it doesn't kill you and i would never tell you to do something that you don't have to not do so we're and i think as an and i don't want to speak for him but i feel like when you're an alcoholic and you go through that sobriety journey you have to learn how to yeah. be you cannot judge others for drinking and you also have to learn how to be in, in environments mm -hmm. where that is present or else you can't be part of society yeah and I was always really mindful in the beginning just because it was new to me um I really understood his sobriety I read the big book I went to meetings twice a week for him for a really long time and I really immersed myself in AA and that culture to really understand what he went through and so there was a really big mutual respect I think I didn't get like drunk in front of him until like seven months into our relationship and I really kind of then started looking as drinking as something I do with my girls so I'd go out with my girls if I wanted to drink um so in that sense he really isn't around me so much when I when I do drink because it's like a girlfriend activity for me but we're very mindful and of course if he said anything to me like he was struggling like I would cut it out for a while just to support um but we we do have a really good good understanding and I'm I'm obviously his sobriety is my number one priority okay Scout's husband being sober. Next one. Where was that other one that was about? <sighs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we have a few things. Have any of you been through periods of long-distance relationship? If so, would love long-distance tips. No. You oh, haven't. I would. I I'm sorry. This is probably not good advice. I'd break up as far as I can. I don't. So the longest Ben and I have been apart was three months. He went to Barcelona and it was the. Sorry, sorry. He went to Madrid and it was the hardest three months of my entire life like I, it was just the it was you felt such there was no closeness and I I see my bet my best friend has been long distance for I think the entirety of her relationship that now finally she's moving back to LA and being with her but it's just like I saw how much she struggled and it is so taxing on a relationship I mean yes if you can endure it maybe you'll grow stronger but I guess I don't have any advice yeah <laughs> like, my so hard so my advice for long distance relationships is I was in somewhat of a long distance relationship with my high school boyfriend after we graduated high school he was away all summer and then we went to college and we were like 
kind of together for like those six months. And so what was weird to me is that when he would see me, like he would come to see me finally after two, three months of being apart. And it was like, I was so used to not having anyone in my space. And then it was like, all of a sudden someone was all up in my space real fast. And that always freaked me out. I was like, whoa, this is weird. Um, I think that if you're going to do a long distance relationship, it is because you're going to marry that person. I don't think you should struggle through a long distance relationship if that person doesn't have the potential to be your life partner, because I think that you're probably going through unnecessary struggle and, you know, it's a huge commitment. I think you're missing out on other opportunities. Like you close yourself off a little bit. So if it's someone that you're so deeply in love with and they're so deeply in love with you and you really see a future, that doesn't mean there has to be a future. Don't put that pressure on the relationship. But if you're like, no, this is different and this is special, like, yes, go through it and work through it, but definitely have an end goal of like, we're going to meet in this city and we're going to live together. There needs to be an end point. If there's no end in sight, Oh, yeah, Godspeed. No. Godspeed. But yes, that's a good one. Okay, this one is interesting because I don't think we're qualified to give tips on it, but she didn't ask for our tips. She asked for our thoughts. She asked, what do you think of open relationships? I think she's going to try one with her hu- with her husband or boyfriend or something, and so she wanted some relationship tips, but she said also open relationships are really hard right now during COVID. Mm. So I have a lot of thoughts on open relationships. I say, do you? Whatever works with you and your partner, fucking go for it. That being said, I have seen open relationships ruin marriages, ruin relationships. I've seen it personally. I've seen it in people on podcasts that come on and say we're in a open relationship and then they've had to break, you know, end their marriage. It is so tricky because you have to sincerely be on the same page. I have a really close friend who was in an open relationship. And so I kind of saw the behind the scenes of that. Like it has to be so specific. Like, are you allowed to date other people? Like see someone multiple times and have like a boyfriend on the side? Or is it like one night stands? Or is it one night stands and you never talk to them again? Do you tell each other? Do you not tell each other? You have to find what works for you guys, but really do go into it understanding that you might complicate your relationship significantly and you could potentially sincerely rock the boat. I just think it's, it's like good in theory. It's good in theory. Like everyone, everyone would be down. Like it's good in theory, but but I, I do believe it fucks up your relationship. Yeah. I think you both have to have very deep, uh, uh, beliefs in non-monogamy is that or yeah you yeah. have to really like, you not really believe have in to not believe in monogamy to move forward with it but I, I don't know it's it's tricky it's very very I think yeah establishing those rules and being very specific about them like can you text them while the other person is the, I don't know like literally making you, everything that and also being communicative if something does make you uncomfortable and you want to stop like I was listening to a podcast. I'm really sorry. I don't know who I forgot his name, but he is a really big figure in the wellness space. And he was in an open relationship with his fiance and he had girlfriends on the side and him and his girlfriend went to like Florida for a weekend vacation and his fiance sent them flowers and champagne and said, have a good time. Fast forward to now they're broken up. So it's just, it's, it's hard. Like you can definitely be, you can definitely be like, okay, well, we're monogamous for now, and I don't know if that's going to be forever, but I think that open relationships, I mean, I 100% know that it would never work for my husband and myself, like absolutely not under no circumstances. So yeah, and then you like kind of risk the whole like, well, can we do threesomes, but then threesomes, that's how like a lot of open relationships start, and then it expands, and then it can be, I don't know, there's just, you have to be willing to risk and lose your relationship, I think. Okay, um, 
do you want to talk about how you lost your virginity or do you want me to? We can't both? Well, I don't know if you want to. Oh. You never have. I don't even know your virginity story. You don't? I mean, you told me, but I don't remember it. Okay. I lost my virginity to my high school boyfriend when I was 18, I believe. Senior in high school. Mm-hmm. No. No, you were 17. It was the it was the summer going into junior year, actually. Okay. Wait. Oh. No, nice. no, no. Summer going to senior. You Senator dated was, your high school boyfriend yeah. junior and senior, yeah. So... Um, it was in my mom's bed. Sorry, sorry. No, it wasn't. Oh, please. Oh, sorry, please. Sorry. Back. It was in my mom's house in, okay. in Coronado and in, in our bed. And like you, like we shared a bed, I think. No, we had I. two twin beds. Oh, two twin. Yeah. So then it was in a twin bed and we played Sweet Disposition, oh. which I know. Oh my God. Like, this is the best. <laughs> this is the best piece of information I've ever received. Did it and, hurt? It hurt so bad. I don't think it really like finished really. Did you tell mom after? No. You told me. I don't know who I told. I probably told you. You probably told me. But um, but then uh, it was weird because my my um cherry didn't pop until like the the second time. Oh, my cherry never popped. I'm assuming it popped with a tampon. Right. Which like that doesn't make any sense, does it? Yeah, I can. Oh. Um, Anyways, yeah, that was the story. My virginity story is quite excellent, and there will be a movie made after it one day. Um, I recounted it on Off the Vine podcast by Caitlin Bristow, (laughs) so you can go listen to it there. But um, I was dating my now husband. I was a sophomore in high school. And I shouldn't have said that. And I, um, we were, we liked playing house. We liked shopping for homes, which we still do to this day. So we were driving through a really nice area of San Diego and we were like, oh, that, that door looks great. Oh, I like those windows. I like this house, this part of this house, but not that part. And then there's this beautiful lake with houses around the lake. It's like a small lake with a bunch of mansions. And we stopped and just laid down on the grass. And then we saw this one beautiful mansion. And we said, that's it. That's the house. Like, that's the one. And he's like, I'm going to buy it for you one day and whatever. And him being the mischievous, adventurous man that he is, he was like, hey, I don't think anyone's home. I was like, okay. So and he's like, well, let's go look. So we walked up to the side door. And it was completely under construction. And he's like, let's go in. And I'm like, are you? kidding me I was a really goody two-shoe too so this was like very you really were really out of my comfort zone and we broke into the house that was completely under construction it was really just wood and dust and everything was fucked up and it was a huge house we were walking around and then for some reason there was one room that was perfectly done with one white bed and I lost my virginity on that bed and then the alarm went off in wow. the middle. Wow. That is a Nicholas Sparks movie if I've ever heard one. That's how I lost my virginity. Okay, what's your favorite sex position with your partner? Um, so I don't come from penetrative sex, so but just like what do you like do you just like being just regular? Yeah, missionary. Yeah, missionary. I do missionary the most, and I don't do my favorite sex sex mission. I don't know why, because I have to be in the mood for it. Like, it's a vibe for me. It's um, reverse cowgirl. No, you don't. Shut up. I love that one, but I don't do it a lot. I should How do it. How do you like it, though? I don't... You touch yourself while you're doing it? No, I don't orgasm from it. So then what... Well, why do you have sex? It feels good. But... But but reverse cowgirl, nothing is even nothing is happening. Yeah, it feels good. I don't know the way oh. it's like because it's like in a different. It's in a different angle. Yeah, the the penis is switched. It's like opposite. <laughs> okay, I can't believe that's your favorite. I don't know why, and I don't do it often, so I should do it more. Okay. Oh, we forgot a um. 
uh, this, well, we should answer this. This is a career one. Back to career. How do you deal with coworkers? This one girl has a piece of shit coworker. Oof. Um, well, in my current job, I, well, f- first of all, it, if it's COVID, you shouldn't have to deal with them as much, at least yeah. on person. Yeah. Um, um, with my current job, it's a little different just cause it is family and, um, I guess just, you know, being patient, uh, establishing boundaries, I think with past, um, past work environments when I had mo- more coworkers, I would, I, I was always really good friends with them. So that, that's not as, wow, this is not good advice. Uh, you've had, I co- need to, I need to have more context. I don't understand. Like, do they smell okay, bad no, or no, they mean how, to you? Like, just go to like, HR. how do you, how do you handle like a shitty mean coworker? I've never oh. had, I don't really have coworkers, so I don't really know how to answer this. <sighs> a shitty, mean coworker. Uh, piece of shit coworker. Oh, all right. That's, what, that's the words she used. Piece of shit. I mean, I guess just put, fucking put your head down and do good work. And then just like, I think also not letting it become personal or become emotional. Like sometimes when I just like block off the emotion, I'm just like, okay, dude, what? Like, I don't know why you're yelling at me and being like, obviously something is wrong in their life and they're being insecure and putting it out on you. If you're just doing good, if you're doing a good job and you're doing your work and excelling, then that's all you can do. And like someone within your team, whether it's like a higher up or the CEO or anyone, I don't know how big this company is. Um, they will notice it. So, yeah. And also, well, this is the, the coworker is the person like running it. So that's a kind of a problem if it's your boss, but you know, just because it's your boss doesn't mean you can't set boundaries. One of my in-laws had a really good story yesterday. Every time he goes to work, he like stops and goes and gets a coffee in the morning and he kind of eases into the day for 15 minutes. And this other guy would go up to him and be like, did you see what's on the to-do list? Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. And my, my in-law would say, excuse me, like that's, I can't do anything about it in this moment. It's not an emergency. Please don't tell me what's on the to-do list because this is my moment to start the day. So there's ways to communicate that, that are like, this is my boundary and you're going to want to adhere to my boundary because I'm going to be a more productive and more creative worker for you. Yeah. And we're just going to have a better streamlined relationship. Um, okay. What are your thoughts on faith? On faith? Yeah. Um, she has none uh we're jewish but what are what is like your relationship to faith um i don't have any okay um i thought that was gonna be the (laughs) well okay uh you've never prayed to god like no okay so i'll go um my relationship to faith is quite strong i heavily believe in a higher power i heavily believe that this world universe galaxy is being orchestrated by things much larger than ourselves and that there is an external force happening within all of us and that when we are in in alignment within our own energetic beings and spiritual beings the rest of the collective benefits so I have a pretty extensive prayer practice I pray to God in the universe probably like every other day if not every day and um, it's something I believe in highly and it's also something that sounds crazy to say, but I truly believe heals me on a day-to-day basis. It's once I started leaning on the universe, higher power, God, spirit, energy, whatever you want to call it, I felt an immense strength within to carry on because I was being held by something bigger than myself and knowing that this world is not just the way I perceive it. There's something, I'm small, but in like a really 
in a really humbling and powerful way. I am small compared to the cosmos and that I am so humbly honored to be even a centimeter or a millimeter in this plan. Um, so in that sense, I'm just here to be my best person to better support God in the universe. And there's, I have so many thoughts around it, but I, it's hard to say because without sounding preachy and without sounding crazy, quite frankly, um, but the minute you start believing in the universe and really trusting and surrendering to the, surrendering to the universe, things happen in your life and you start seeing coincidences and you start seeing signs and you start seeing beautiful connections between situations and actions and what this person said and what that person said and all of a sudden like your life seems to be so much more connected versus random um and that once you accept the universe and surrender to it your life accelerates and you become unblocked you have the strength to become unblocked in so many areas so if you are teetering with faith, if you're interested, it, I don't believe in like a set rule or a set religion or a set way that faith has to be applied to your life. I just believe everyone should explore it, dive into the deep end, see what resonates with you, what doesn't. Um, and ultimately, if it betters your life, you know, the, I mean, anything that betters your life, I believe, is worth exploring. That's very profound. I think I just haven't really... Um explored it or even educated myself on it just because I'm I think I've just adopted a very logical and rational mindset so it's hard for me to take that leap into this more um abstract world maybe and the behind the scenes of what's actually in front of me and what's tangible it's been really tricky for me to kind of let go of these more pragmatic rules that I've placed around the world. It's also really difficult to spiritually awaken to kind of the unseen forces that are happening in this world because it literally feels like everything you've ever known to be true isn't. And it mm. just cracks you open in a way that's quite painful because yeah. it's, it's unlearning, it's deconditioning. And I mean, I also have had a little bit of a, of a push into this world because a lot of the times when you go through like extreme adversity or a mental anguish, it propels you towards leaning on something higher, of course. Right. But I also, and I haven't talked about this on the podcast and potentially with you, but I also have a direct connection to the spirit world. So I see spirits. I, I have a connection to people who are already dead. I've seen warnings, like uh, warning spirits come to me to tell me something bad's going to happen. This one guy died in my first apartment and hung out in the bathroom all the time. I knew someone who passed away, someone close to me um, passed away, and I knew when that he wasn't yet awake in heaven and hadn't actually known that he had died, and I felt the moment that he did awaken, and it coincidentally really quince it, it, it paralleled with an activity I'm not it's not my story to tell but it, that moment paralleled with a moment with his family and it was like so connected it was crazy um so I don't turn on the spirit world that much just because I just don't really have so much of an interest and I don't really need that ru ruling my life like I'm here on earth to be on earth yeah. when I pass on I can hang out with all those people later um you know I've been so told what happens when we die there's another world. This is not the only world. There what do you think happens when we die? You go into, like, I mean, I can't say I'm not God, but you go into another dimension, a spiritual dimension, and then from that, your soul gets reassigned to a different planet, galaxy, universe. But do you think we know that? Like, when we're dead, do you think that yes. we know, we remember what happened on Earth? Yeah. 
Yeah. Really. When we're in that space, because I've had conversations with psychics where I've talked to people who are dead that were very close to me and they've said things to me that only that person and I would know about. And so it's, I don't know how long you're in that space. I don't know how long you hang out in that energetic spiritual plane and then are reincarnated either onto this planet or into another planet. I mean, I was in uh, cupping and I met my first mom that gave that my gave birth to my soul here on this planet. And she's like thousands and thousands of years old because I'm an old soul. And it what was a really <laughs> yes. Why are okay, you we're getting talking too, about? we're getting too woo woo. Yeah, this is this is what happens when you too open much up for me. Yeah, sorry. This is why I don't talk about it because people think you're nuts. Yeah. Anyways, uh, thoughts on Addison Ray hanging out with Courtney Kardashian? <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know, a very natural progression. Um, <laughs> wow, you know, a lot of thoughts actually. Now <laughs> it's my time, my turn to speak. Um, I think it's incredibly fascinating. I mean, I'm both extremely jealous and very proud of Addison Ray. She is just like in all the places that she needs to be in order for world domination. And yeah, but I'm like not so proud of her because it's not as if she's worked like years to get to this yeah. point. Yeah. She literally it's, went viral overnight and has had an enormous amount of success so quickly. Like she hasn't had to work for it. It's just very interesting. Like how she got to the Kardashian sphere. Obviously Mason saw her on TikTok and was like, mom, I want to play with Addison Ray. And she was and. Courtney Kardashian was like, yo, we'll make it happen. She shows up and that is the end of the story. But her and Courtney's relationship is very uh, puzzling to me. I kind of think they're like gay. Oh, that's interesting. Do you think they're hooking up? Like, I don't know. I, I'm just like. No, because Courtney's much too. I mean, is Addison Addison 18? Yeah. Okay. She's 18. And look, like. It's one thing for you to like meet Mason's favorite internet star, but for to for them to ask Addison Ray to come on family vacations and come to Courtney's house and just chill all day oh, and she goes on family vacation. They're on a vacation right now together. So it's just like that that whole level and how she's like not best friends with Kylie who is much more closer in age to her. It's a little yeah. confusing to me, but yeah. I mean I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm here for it, too. Sounds fun. Good for them. Okay, let us wrap this up. Oh, well, there's a few more questions. I just want to get to a few. Okay, how would you describe your daily life? What adjectives would you use? My daily life is gratifying, enthusiastic, and progressing. Huh. Sometimes it's dramatic. Very dr- I mean, that's a through line. Uh, yeah. Uh, my daily life is fulfilling, uh, like always having to tell myself I'm strong and capable. Is that an adjective? I don't know. Like, what's the word? Uh, reassuring. Like, I have to sure. reassure myself all the time. Um, but also super free. I believe that. Okay. Um, we'll go through this really fast. Guilty secret when it comes to food or skincare. Guilty secret? Yeah. Yeah. What does that mean when skincare? I would say food or skincare. I would say food. My guilty secret is, is that I like sugary candy like Sour Patch and Sour Punch. I've been trying to eat less of it and I don't eat it that much. But every now and then my husband will surprise me with it on his way home from work. Um, I like pizza. Well, that's not a secret. Oh. Uh, uh, uh. I don't know. How can a, you have a guilty secret around uh, skincare? Because it's like all of it has to be good for you. I did hear. This Why? Is- oh, you like forget to wash your face. I've never forgotten. You Except have? when I was blackout drunk on my birthday. Yeah, That's you it. woke up with your full face of makeup and I was dying. 
Okay, how to get a breakthrough during quarantine. I how, can, how to get a breakthrough? Like a breakthrough, like an emotional breakthrough. <laughs> Fuck is Maddie just live it. Just live in quarantine. You'll get an emotional yeah. breakthrough. The quarantine has tested every emotional capacity and string in my body. I would say journal. Like get to know what yes. parts of yourself needs to come out or be addressed. And then since you have the extra quiet time, like don't shy away from those things, but really jump right in. I think it's also curiosity being, you know, you might get very, very overwhelmed and emotionally uh, depleted. And what I've learned is that rather than running away from those emotions and trying to feel better, sitting in them and being curious around why you're feeling the way you are. And uh, sometimes it's just because the world is on fire. And you know what? That is something we need to accept. Yeah. Okay, we have time for one more because we're way over. Oh, my God. We've been talking for an hour Oh, no, that's an hour not, yeah, and one that's minute. That's not bad. We yeah, we're not bad. Okay, we can get to a few more. You guys like listen to us, right? That's <laughs> right, why you're right. here. Are you still, are you still listening? Are you still here? Hello? <laughs> Anyone here? Okay, great. Great. Okay, what are some things you wish you knew when you were younger? Oh, wow. Well, okay, full circle coming back to this question. So um, I think we talked about it with um, Maddie and Lauren Orlando, but I think the biggest thing to t- I would tell my younger self is it's okay not to be okay. And also, um, you're not for everyone because mm-hmm. I wasted a lot of time. Still, still do. Still waste a lot of time. I've still to yet to see a hater that doesn't like you, though. I, I, I don't know. Something. I don't know what it is about. You me. mean it's more. You mind. mean more like I don't have to do things so other people think a certain way about me. I can do what I want to do. Sure. That and too, not and worry also if like, they don't like for me. For instance, okay, sis. I'm I'm I get mad when I when we're like not everyone in the entire world listens to us. And I'm like, no, we're not for everyone. That's I mean, the point. We kind of are for a lot of people, but we're for a lot of people. But we're not for m- older white men. Well, but I get mad fuck that wants we can't to be for them. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like I get really in my head about not being for everyone and that I'm not I'm not, you know, I'm not for oh, everyone. Yeah, no. OK, that. And then also what I was speaking to earlier about the career stuff. Just going with your gut about what you really like and not, again, not really adhering to what everyone else is doing surrounding you. It's really tricky when you're a young person because you don't know what the fuck you want to do. And I fell into that for a very, very long time where when I looked around, everyone claimed to know what they wanted to do for the rest of their lives. Spoiler alert, they usually don't. and Or they just picked something that their parents like. Exactly. And I think, especially being at a business school at USC, I saw a lot of people going in a specific career trajectory, and I thought that I was supposed to do that, and I didn't know that I had the option to not do that. And I wasted a lot of tears and emotional, uh, you know, anxiety over just not... under not one not being part of that mold I was like oh my god what's wrong with me if I don't want to do this Mm -hmm. and like does that mean I'm not going to make money or I'm not going to have uh fulfillment or like I'm not going to reach goals and again those things are just fantasies in your mind and so I think a really good lesson that you mentioned earlier scout is like just trying out a bunch of things like throwing yourself at different opportunities and just figuring out what works for you and what doesn't Mm -hmm. And I did a lot of jobs. I did a lot of, you know, 
a lot of startups and I learned what I did like in companies. And then I kind of came to the space where I'm like, oh, wow, I really want to be an entrepreneur. I struggled a lot with wanting to not struggle, but I thought I wanted to go to business school for a really long time. And then I came to terms with I actually don't want to at all. It was only because I wanted to tell people that I got into specific schools. I literally wanted the Instagram post, which is the worst, worst decision to go to business school for and I I that is how my brain has been wired for so long and I've had to unlearn a lot of that and so if you can learn that earlier on the better because then you will feel so much more fulfilled in the positions that you are and you'll be a lot more present I felt like I wasn't present in my early 20s because I was like oh this is not good enough like oh what's the next thing oh my god wait am I not making six figures already like what's wrong with me Mm. so I think just being patient and 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 being and being trusting with yourself, knowing that you know what you what you want to do. And I didn't I don't I didn't trust myself. Yeah. And that was that was hard. That's a really good one. I would say that I wish I knew that I didn't have to be afraid. I think I let fear of my emotional bandwidth and spectrum really debilitate me where I could have nixed the fear and just walked through the fire a lot quicker. Um, I wish that I told myself that I would eventually truly have everything I've ever wanted from a wonderful husband to a beautiful career to a great relationship with my sister and my family and a podcast and you guys, you sisters, and that even though it was really hard to get through there, that I should always continue to have faith and hope and know that my life will unfold the way it's supposed to and to always get, to always look at the not the not the the wisdom or the learnings behind the challenges because every hard emotion you feel does have a silver lining to it and to really choose to see life with the silver lining versus the pain um also yeah also can I just like brag for a second oh should we ask each other our favorite question to end off the, the episode oh gosh okay if you were to brag about one thing and don't be humble what would it be well you go first since obviously you have something oh, on the okay. tip of your tongue I haven't told the sisterhood yet because, I don't know, I was like, should I jinx it, whatever. But I'm really proud. Like, even if I only get to this state, I'm really, really proud that I am a Forbes 30 Under 30 nominee for this, for 2021 class. And so I am waiting to hear back if I got it. So if you sisters could fucking pray for me, that'd be awesome. But if I don't get it, it's totally chill, too. I'm just super stoked to be at this place. So we don't know that who nominated you right we don't know who nominated me I know that I made it through like the initial nomination round to the point where they want to know a 10 page questionnaire for me um so I made it to I think the next round is a phone call and then you find out if you got it but I made it I'm an I'm a Forbes 30 under 30 nominee essentially like they've chose me as a nominee but you can't like put that on your resume or something you can Uh, I think it's a little but stretching I, it, but that's amazing, Mazel. Yeah, can you like? Sorry, you, sorry, sorry. I I just don't want you to. I don't want to jinx it. Like I I don't know why you. There's said no it. reason to jinx it. Like I'm fine. You're fine. Like, the, I, like see, that's you're a bigger person than me. Like, I would if like I don't literally get not it, tell anyone. If I don't get it, I'm literally okay coming on this podcast and being like, "Hey guys, just update." Didn't get it. But I believe truly that I'm worthy of the Forbes 30 Under 30 Yay. title. And so if I don't get it, I'm not supposed to get it. It's not my time. It's not yeah. my place. It's not well, my Well, you don't have much more time. So. No, this is the only time <laughs> I get. This is the only it's the last time. year. But if I don't get it, then I wasn't meant for it. Right. But it was a really great nod to me that I'm on the right path and that yeah. I'm doing the right thing. So even if I don't get the award, to know that I've been recognized, even in this capacity, is so humbling to for a girl who didn't graduate college, who couldn't even hold a job, and like to know that Forbes wants to know more about who I am is 
such an incredible accomplishment. And so I'm yeah. like, even if I don't win this moment, just knowing that I made it through this round is, is enough for me. Wow. How tender. Yeah. Yay, what are you, what are you scale. proud of? Well, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, um, I think, you know what? I, I got our first build of the app that we're building on my phone and can click through it. And I've never cried from an accomplishment in my life. And that was probably, I, I honestly like don't care if it even launches, which obviously I do care, but I'm just saying like just that moment alone, having a tangible thing that I and my co-founder created out of our brains and put onto a working iPhone is just the most gratifying experience and it just I'm so excited for everyone to see it and use it and love it and obviously um, the sisters are getting beta first look but look that's so great Mads I think that what you just said I think that what you just said is a really huge I mean you might not have picked up on this but I think it's a really big testament testament to your growth and that I know you were joking and you said I don't care if it ever launches but you are really focusing on the journey and not that external de- destination. You're yeah, really this is enjoying the, first time. the moment. This is really the first venture I think that I've enjoyed the journey. And you mean you haven't enjoyed okay, OKSIS journey? I've I've enjoyed the OKSIS journey, but I have found myself being uh, wrapped up in a lot of external metrics. Maybe with OKSIS, you literally don't even check our downloads I ever. <laughs> like I, you because I, I get. I just like get so in my head about them. Oh my God. You're so, so ridiculous. I know. And so this, it feels like it's something that it's just, I don't know. Something about it feels really right. And just, I'm on the right path as yeah. well. It's a good nod. And, um, I'll let, I'll be able to tell everyone what it is very soon. Yeah. I mean, how did you feel at our live event? I loved the live event. I really tried to be present. I failed, but oh my God, you need, you need help. I, why do you think I'm in therapy? <laughs> because, like, I, yeah, you got to enjoy these things more. Yeah, dude. I don't enjoy them. This is literally the point of life. Yeah, I know. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, I, I enjoyed the live event. It felt like my bat mitzvah, which I, you know, you I love attention. You know that. So, um, but I, uh, but I did feel very in my head still about everything. I, I, I need to get better at that for sure. You did one time, and I'm not going to say when, but you did one time text me. After we had met with a specific someone um, for the podcast, I was driving home and I got a text from you and you said, I'm so proud of us. And that was like the first time I've ever. But who was it? It was after we met. It was after we met Cassie and Michelle Randolph at dinner. We had dinner with them because we were planning our live event. And it was like all coming together and you texted me and you said, I'm so proud of us. And that was like really the only time I was like, oh, Maddie is actually understanding what we're doing here. Yeah. I, yeah. Because like you, we, we reveled in Cassie Randolph for so long and I've seen her on my TV screen and I like drank wine with my girlfriends watching her. And then I was sitting at dinner with her and it's just, it's a, it's a great moment. Yeah. That's podcasting. And then podcasting is also sitting in a bed in pajamas, drinking wine on 1 PM on a Sunday afternoon with no one in the room. Yes. Okay. We've been talking for over an hour because God bless our souls. We could talk for more, but we, I, I think we should end this note saying we really appreciate you guys that listen yeah. to us sisters. We love you so much. We, we love talking to you offline on Instagram, DM, Facebook group. Like you don't know how much you mean to us. It, it's Truly, just, it's just if fucking you, amazing. If you talk to us, I will respond. Okay. So we just just, not be, uh, let's not be desperate here. <laughs>
Anyways, um, anyways, yeah. Have a lovely Monday. Happy Monday. Follow us at OKSIS Podcast. And, and subscribe, rate, review. Woo! We'll catch you next week. Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalglish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life. Tune in every Thursday to I'm Not Your Shrink wherever you listen to podcasts. While I'm not your shrink, I am still human and I'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together. 